Gypsy Goddess is finishing brilliantly. Gypsy Goddess out wide has dashed up and taken over. Barbray to the inside and the Billy between them. In front, Gypsy Goddess. Barbray to the inside. Gypsy Goddess just put the lead from Barbray. Gypsy Goddess in front and Gypsy Goddess has won the oath from Barbray. Hello everyone, welcome along to Thoroughbred Weekly. Yesterday at Eagle Farm, the Oaks was run. It was David Van Dyke's day. It was Willie Pike's day. Gypsy Goddess won the Oaks. And all over Australia, it was Chris Waller's day. Seven Metropolitan winners. He passes his own prize money record. He's approaching 45 million. Heck, he's, he's approaching 50 million mm -hmm. for the season. He might get there. Um, and he's uh, about to set off overseas with Nature Strip. But there was plenty to uh, unfold there yesterday in both uh, Brisbane and Sydney. Bernadette Cooper shortly in our Brisbane studio. Duff was with me in Brisbane yesterday. What did you think? Oh, well, I think the highlight was obviously the Van Dyke Pike show. Yep. Uh, You've got to give it to David. He, he's had that filly up since Sydney uh, where she ran in an Oaks. It's hard to get fillies like her or any filly you know, going to two Oaks. Mm. And he's kissed and cuddled all the way through and... Just picked his mark and messed around a little bit uh, with tactics and they got it right on the big day at home. So you've got to give it to him. How was it in Sydney yesterday? Yeah, it was good. Uh, weather was good. The yep. boys are really happy to get back on a, a firmer deck. Yeah. And Joshy Parr said he thought he was going to get booked for speed in there at one point. So, <laughs> no, it was good. Good day's racing. Bernadette Cooper was there in Brisbane yesterday, as much as it was about the Oaks. This JJ Atkins sets itself up beautifully with that almost dead heat yesterday, Bernie. Yeah, it was exciting, wasn't it? Obviously, political debate has been sort of the hot favourite for yesterday's race since we saw him last. But Graham Rogerson and Debbie Rogerson, you know, they never fail to bring something really nice when they come here. And I think this is the nicest horse uh, that they've probably bought in many years and um, when everybody gets a chance to listen to the post-race interview you know Roger's talking cox plates so it was exciting and the JJ Atkins is at this stage I think looking like a two-horse war. That's next week when we go to the Stradbrake, the JJ, the Q22, the Brisbane Cup here they are in the Oaks in the barriers and the call with Josh Fleming. Here we go one or two on the toe good line though we're set, just waiting for Biscayne Bay. Now we're right. The gate's open. They're racing. Gypsy Goddess out wide was away fairly, but she's drifting back. Barb Raider began well, and rolling forward is Neota. Handy the inside is Nom de Plume, and Aravain is right up there as well. Uh, trapped out early doors there is Festival Dance, also Biscayne Bay, and Cooper's Kiss. And back behind those is Lavilli and Taranga, followed there by Rosie Impact and Gin Martini three wide. Further back to Glint of Hope and Smirk over on, on her outside, and further back to Belle Savoir. And also, didn't see it's the outside on three or four lengths further back to Honey Creeper. Gypsy got us the outside of second last in Verona. Went back to last of all. 
So the leader here is Neota. Second, the outside is Biscayne Bay. A length and a half away. Third is Aravain. And fourth, the outside is Barbrader. And further back in the field, too. Back near the inside is Nom de Plume. And further back is Festival Dancer. A length and a half to Keepers Kiss. And then we've got Taranga. And further back to Lavelli. And back near the inside there is Glint of Hope. And we've got Jen Martini out three wide there. A length further back to Rosie Impact Dynasties and Belle Savoir. Further back on the field there to Smirk. Also Gypsy Goddess back near the inside is Honey Creeper. And Verona the outside is still last of all as they swing down the side. So it's Neota here by length and a quarter. Second is Biscayne Bay. Third the inside is Aravine. Barbrader fourth the outside. One out, one back. And they're well clear at the moment from Nom de Plume. Festival Dancer. Further back to Keepers Kiss. A length and a half to Lavilli. And then we've got Creeping for there. Jen Martini. Dynasty's going forward as well. Gypsy Goddess is about to take off as they really bunch up there. And then we've got Glint of Hope and back behind those is Honey Creeper. And also further back to Taranga. And also Belle Savoir Smirk. And last of all there is Verona at the 400 metres marker. But Barb Raider has taken over. Here comes Lavilli the outside. And Gypsy Goddess is finishing brilliantly. Gypsy Goddess out wide has dashed up and taken over. Barb Raider the inside. And Lavilli between them. In front Gypsy Goddess. Barb Raider the inside. Gypsy Goddess just put the lead from Barb Raider. Gypsy Goddess in front. And Gypsy Goddess has won the Oaks from Barb Raider. Third Lavilli followed by a smirk. Belle Savoir. Bernie, we've seen some great oaks. I think that goes down as one of the best. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's not often that we get a live chance as Queenslanders in the Oaks, um, but to have the favourite and then to have her be able to give them such a start, circle the entire field and be coming away from them at the end. She is by far the best that Queensland has produced. And what's really exciting about her is we don't often produce many genuine sort of cup type horses, but one would imagine that, um, you know, I would think she's going to run two mile down the track. Obviously, that's not proven yet, but um, she looks like a real Cups contender. And David Van Dyke, we just love him. He's he's just so in tune with his horses. And I think just um, another great example that not every horse needs to go um, the, the Gold Coast race into the Roses, into the Oaks. You know, some of them were tired by the time they get to the Oaks. So I think he sets a really nice example for modern training. Yep, well, I can't add to that. He's uh, he's done a great job with all well, these. Had no luck in in Oaks's in the past with mm. a lot of horses, uh, but he, he he sort of gets the job done here. He's like he's like I said, he's he's just had a perfect for the day. He's taken to the trials. He's mixed with the tactics, and uh, Willie knew how to ride, and, and even Willie had worked her out. He, he, he even flies up the trial to get a yeah. feel of her, and he would have been confident since the Sydney Oaks when he did ride her forward, and he probably had the back of his head. Oh, it's no, not the way to ride her. It's not the way to ride her. I, I think it was a really smart ride. Like I know that the sectionals were quite quick uh, out of the out of the straight first time, and you know so down the back. But it was just a good smart ride because at about the 600, you could see Pikey thinking, if I don't go now, it's going to be a chain reaction. And he's, he, I know he come around deep, but he would have been much deeper if he had waited another sort of half a furlong because they would have mm. everyone would have started to make their move because the the leaders were tiring coming back to the field. Um, but I just thought it was a great smart ride from Willie to get up and sort of hold a few in before he got too close to the turn. It must be one of the most frustrating things as a jockey to, to want that horse to take you into the race yep. and it's not happening for you and yep. then you've got to make that decision, do I wait any longer no. or do I go? Yeah, and that's what he done right. He, he didn't wait 
for it to sort of unfold for him, he made it happen. Mm. And well, was... he, he wanted to wait, but yeah. he had he was on McDonald's yeah. back, and he's thinking, "Come on, McDonald's. Come on. <laughs> when? Yeah, that's right." And then, I think. It was Gypsy Goddess that made the move before yeah. Pike. <laughs> towed him. <laughs> Just towed him. No, no, we're not waiting any longer, Willie. <laughs> Look, we're off. You've got to, I know he gets enough raps, this Pike. Well, you know, the, the, he was the king of the West, yeah. and, mm -hmm. and I thought he was just a bloke that just packs his bag twice a week, goes to the races twice a week. Yeah. You've got to give it to him for his work ethic. Yeah, no, he, he has been going here, there, yeah. everywhere, every day, probably riding track work. Yeah. He's got a, a base around him quickly, and to think, you know, like I say, he's riding at country meetings, yeah. midweeks, mm. going flying back to Brisbane, mm. um, and he's riding six days a week. Yeah, I noticed him even going up around the, the Hunter Northwest, yep. like Scone yeah. and uh, Tamworth. You know, Tamworth. You know, like, a, and not big meetings. Mm. He's obviously just trying to get the sight right on the gun, and he, he got it right there on Saturday. Mm. Just on the beaten brigade, there. She, she's a, a really brave filly, Barb Raider. She's been terrific all the way through. If you had backed Lavilli, uh, you would have been giggling in the run. She was just cruising, and Tim Clark gave her a beautiful ride, but just wasn't good enough. And I think Smirk will make the grade with time. She's one of the nicer types in the race, and uh, she, she can improve with a, that preparation under her belt. But uh, the winner's a, a, yeah. a really good horse. Unassuming, she's a little, well, she's a witty little parrot mouth thing. You, yeah. you, you wouldn't pick her in a, in a line-up. Yeah, when she's sure. in Sydney, I, I looked at her and was quite surprised. Yeah. You know? I was like, oh. She's got a motor, though. <laughs> What's so good about you? Uh, well, there is something good about her, and uh, here's David Van Dyke, Willie Pike, and all the beaten jockeys after the race. Oh, yeah, that was just amazing, and the love and care that's gone into her over the last seven and a half months since she won her maiden to keep her up. You know, Emma, the staff, the vet, the farrier, it's just been an amazing period of time where, you know, we, we were just focused on getting this girl to the best possible place and to finish that with a group one is, it's a career highlight. Tell us what you had to do. Well, you know, she's had, she's had a hard journey. She's, she's raced up here, she went down on the heavy tracks, um, came back up, you know. I said to the boys a couple of weeks ago, you know, if it was any other horse, we'd probably turn her out. But um, we just gave her every chance to get here. She bounced back well this last week. And look, Willie probably wished he'd waited another furlong. She just rounded her up and went to the front and I thought he might have gone too soon. He couldn't wait any longer, it would seem. He just wanted to get going. Well, she, he just had a lap full of horse and doesn't she love Eagle Farm? But yeah. I mean, job's done. She's, she's won a group one. She would never have to race again. She's done a fantastic job. A great group of patient owners. Bob Jones, he's been with me for many, many years. He's been a great client. To win a group one for him, it's just still sinking in. So I'll get you to confirm that again. This is your career highlight. This is my career highlight with this girl. I mean, seven and a half months ago, she's won a maiden, which I didn't think she could do. And now, you know, it's been such a journey, such an arduous time and to see her wrap up a field of quality fillies like that at group one level in our home state, that'll do me. Oh, I don't know if it was too much of a ride, she was just too good for him. Um, tricky barrier obviously, managed to get in front of a few early which was nice, but then we got shuffled a few times and even on the bend I really didn't mean to get going that, like that. Um, 
I just sort of got shuffled around, lost my cover, and she just said, oh, hang on, I'll take over from here. Out of the gates, there was a little bit of argy-bargy. Yeah, there was. I don't think a few of us jumped very straight. Um, not quite sure there. Yeah. <laughs> um, from the moment you went three deep with cover, um, she was just on the bit. She was trucking into the race just the way you'd like her to. Yeah, absolutely. She was relaxed, but still, in a way, she was coiled, ready to go. And that's one of her huge assets for this horse. She just wants to please please her rider. Like she's, She says, you say go, she says OK. You say wait, she says OK. And that's a, it's a massive asset once you get up over these sort of more staying distances. Craig Williams, Barb Raider. Oh, I was so proud of her performance yet again. Uh, her trainer, Jerome Hunter, has done a brilliant job with her. I think we're going to look back on it and say these distances... Even the last start when she won at 2100 is a bonus. That just shows you her ability against her own sex, her own age at this time. But I think she's so brilliant that we might find in the future she'll be targeted at the good mile races. Tim Clark, Nambilly. Yeah, she toughed it out really well. Had a dream run and presented to win and she was very brave all the way the line. Smirk, Tommy Berry. Yeah, great run. Uh, better barrier, better result, but she was tough and honest and, and um, she'll be better next season. Girl Savoir, Ryan Maloney. Uh, look, she ran uh, really well. Um, Obviously, just a backup and the barrier played a big part in her performance and I just felt if she had a drawn inside, got a softer run, she would have fought out the finish. Hugh Bowman, Honey Creeper. Honey Creeper, I would have liked to, for her to have settled a bit better, given that frantic speed. But in saying that, um, she ran an honest race. Robbie Dolan, Jim Martini. Yeah, she was brave in the feature, got caught three wide the trip and still started to loom into it like she was going to run a good race and just got tired the last furlough. James Orman, Rosie Impact. I thought she ran really well. Um, just would have liked a little bit more room to move from the 700, but um, we got clear running on straightening. I just think um, if we could have built into it a bit quicker, but um, still game effort to run um, about eighth or ninth, so happy. Samantha Collett, Verona. Just was uh, set a wee bit of an impossible task from the barrier draw. And, I mean, I've obviously had the eventual winner in front of me, but she just wasn't able to stick it with it. Brett Preble, RV. Yeah, that's disappointing. I think just two of the biggest uh, class rise for her. Glint of hope, Daniel Moore? Yeah, she was pretty brave. Um, she was a little slow out and then copped a Pratt at the start and we ended up having a good resting run from there, but it was uh, hustle and bustle the whole race. She copped a lot of bumping and she's not big enough to absorb that. Nom de plume, Craig Grills? Yeah, got a good run. Um, sets about three back on the fence. Probably the half mile I was coming off the bridle and she's, you know, she's had a long prep. She might have just been feeling it a bit, but um, she'll see it have a go. Mark Zara, Biscuity Bay? Uh, yeah, look, a change of um, tax. Wanted to go forward today, and um, yeah, she's beaten a horse a long way out. Nyota Nashrawilla. Yeah, she's a little bit keen in front today. Just uh, you know, feels like a promising filly, but um, all come a bit too soon for her. Jim Byrne, Cupid's Kiss. Yeah, probably a little bit out of his depth, um, but look, you know, you got to have her throw up the stumps, and you know, I think she'll be better later on. Kieran McAvoy, Taringa. She just didn't enjoy the firm track today. Um, she'll be right next prep. Um, track was too firm. Festival dancer Ben Thompson. Yeah, we found a great spot. Um, the better tempo today suited her compared to the Roses last week, but an interrupted prep and a week back up probably outdone her today. Okay, now um, Robbie Dolan, Robbie Dolan, who you <laughs> saw there riding Jim Martini, yeah. somehow made his way to Coonabarabran. Last yep. night, uh, the thoroughbred industry careers that are uh, which are doing good things yeah. about 500 equestrian riders, but they're taking on all the retired racehorses. Mm -hmm. and there's people learning, you know, to, to come into our industry. Yeah. So they wanted him to as a guest singer <laughs> for 500 young people in the industry, and they got him from Brisbane. 
to Coonabarabran by 6.30, so it's a pretty good effort. Unbelievable. And yeah. he was uh, in there singing away. He's got his own private jet already. Yes. <laughs> some, some, of the, uh, some of the vision, um, they had a good night. Okay. Yeah. We'll try and dig up some of that vision to show you at some stage. Yeah. Um, now, Bernie, let's go to uh, this race, mm. the, the lead-up to the JJ Atkins. Well, it, it's not always the best lead-up, because it's a week before, but Chris Waller had no choice but to, to try and get into the JJ via this race, the Phoenix. And it came up mm. narrowly. Political debate, narrowly over sharp and smart. Yeah, obviously he was your $2 favourite. He may have even jumped into long odds on. And the next closest horse in the market was this horse that runs second, sharp and smart, at about $8. Um, you're right, he missed the run um, a week ago. And then they decided not to run him on Monday. He was going to try and qualify him on Mon Monday. So he kept in for this. Um, look, James McDonald's the first to admit he probably didn't have the best run uh, in transit, political debate that is. Uh, but Huey Bowman was sort of adamant. He was pretty keen to follow James everywhere he went on, on this horse, sharp and smart. And you've got to say, he, he really measured up. Although he was beaten, it was very, very narrow and another hop and he does win. Had he a way out, one, one had a little bit worse luck than the other and they both stepped to the JJ next week. But um, it's going to be a great two horse war. There's loads of improvement, probably in both, but I think particularly Rogie's horse because he's just <laughs> no idea what he's doing at this stage. He's just raw, he's athletic and he's super talented. But the winner had no luck. Yeah, look, there's going to be difference of, uh, difference of opinion next week coming into this race mm. with East Pair. Um, political debate, he was carved up early, he wouldn't go inside horses, so he had to get him wide to get him travelling. So I thought his effort was excellent with more to come and we know the second horse was the, the real eye-catcher. Does he know how to put a field away yet? I don't know because he's three runs so far. He's just, whether he wants just a little bit more time or he wants a set of blinkers, I don't know. Um, so it'll be a, a good race. Um, yeah, I think they're, they're both very promising horses. I reckon there's a really nice horse hidden there, a horse called Chase and Artie. Uh, I don't think he's in next week, but keep an eye on him. He's got a lot of talent, that horse. Well, he was causing the interference. He was, yeah. he was the one back there yeah. uh, uh, well, bumping and... Well, Brad Stewart, I think he got 20, 20, meet, tw yeah. 20, 20 days or 20, 20 days. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. He, they, they, you know, suspended him. So, look, it'll be interesting to see which way the market twos and fro's this week with these two horses come next week. Although, it's not a two-horse race. It's, it's got a little bit of depth into it. Usually we've got a standout horse in the JJ. This year, I think there's four or five there that could, uh, could really put their hand up. OK, we're about to uh, hear from uh, Chris Waller. Just prior to me starting this interview with Chris, uh, Graham Rogerson had walked up and shaken uh, Chris's hand and congratulated him. Uh, and we'll hear from him in a moment as well. Well, Chris Waller just being uh, congratulated by Graham Rogerson. The old sly fox, he almost got you. He certainly did. I was looking for him to congratulate him because, to tell you the truth, I thought his horse had won. Uh, good effort, though, by uh, your horse left in front a fair way from home. Yeah, a few things went wrong in the race just quickly. A um, bit of mid-race skirmish. He got pushed back to a lot further back than what we would have liked. Then he got out in a three-wide position. Fortunately, he had cover, but, uh, yeah, a little bit vulnerable over the concluding stages, as you said. You feel confident he can back up in seven days? No problem with the backing up, but, yeah, we've just got to make sure he's attacking the line and yeah. getting the little things right. So 
He's a, he's a very talented horse um, in small steps, and that's why we're late on the scene. So you need to be confident now that he can run a mile? That's no problem. Yeah, just the execution and getting the timing right. Copped a bit of interference early, and, and uh, <laughs> we ended up in a nice enough spot, but not the spot I wanted to be in, to be fair. And he was left in front a long way from home. So that was a jockey error, but I think just with that experience, he'll come on again. And uh, it's just a beautiful horse, plenty outside. Stunning. And stepping to the mile doesn't appear to be a problem at all? It won't be a concern at all. He just would have loved to teach him a bit more today because obviously a week's time, that's, that's when we want him firing, but he, he did a good job. Do you feel a little bit of guilt beating Rogerson? No. Nope. <laughs> Can't feel sorry for him. Graham, uh, a lot of people thought you might have won. I did too. He's got a, the ability. He's just got to put it all together. Uh, Huey said he had him and he said he just shifted out and uh, the mile will suit him, but six months' time when I bring him back, I think he's a, just a real, raw, big staying horse that's just got heaps of ability. You think uh, seven days' time, though, he can he can really measure up in this group one? Well, he just keeps getting better. I, I backed him up last time in eight days and he travelled six hours in the truck. Right. So I think he will. He's a good doer, quiet, big bugger. He does no more than he has to. I think Hugh got a bit of a shock. He yeah. said, uh, but uh, it'll be an interesting race. I probably taught that uh, James too well. Wow. He rode his first group one when they're here for me, what, on 15 this, years ago. On this, on this day. day. Yeah. <laughs> but he, anyway, the other horse, a very good horse, but I think this horse is a... Uh, a real Group 1 horse in the making. Is it nice to be back over the ditch? Oh, I haven't been here for a few years, so you'll, no. you'll see us a little bit in the spring, but he's going home and then we'll bring him back for the champion stakes and then go the VRC derby. Beautiful. It's worth $2 million this year, that champion stakes. Well, he might be a Cox Plate horse, I hope, with no weight on his back. Good on you, Roger. OK, Good thanks. Oh, yeah, and we'll win the Melbourne Cup. <laughs> if you wouldn't let him go any longer, he would have won the Arc de Trio. <laughs> and sold me a horse. <laughs> and his half-sister. <laughs> I bred its mother, you know. <laughs> oh, it was great to see Roger there. Uh, he hasn't changed a bit, has Not he? A bit. No, no, and neither's Deb. Yeah, no. Debbie's partner, yeah. All right, water race, this is shaping up. Political debate, 350. She's a belter at $4. I'm surprised that Sharpens Mutt isn't. The second favourite. But, yeah. but she was great. Yeah, and we've got Brosnan who's going well. We've got Brereton who's a big improver for yes. Moody. And Owen County's a lovely horse. So yeah. It's not a walk in the park, believe me. And these horses have got to back up. Mm. OK, uh, we'll take a break. More to come. It's a relatively uh, new race. What is it, the second running of this race? The Magic Minions National Classic. Uh, it's got no status yet. It's worth half a million dollars. It's for fillies and mares. It's a mile. So these mares going towards the Tats Tiara have got to come back to 1,400 metres in that group one in a couple of weeks. Uh, here we pick them up, Bernie, and it's Walla, mm. Walla, Walla, <laughs> Walla. <laughs> And Walla, <laughs> yeah, that's right, the first four over the line, which probably wasn't a massive surprise. I mean, the disappointment was Bell, uh, please, sir. Um, and this race probably came down to Kiku having the best run from barrier one. I mean, if she has to go around them, maybe she doesn't win. Um, she had the perfect run in transit, whereas Nudge and a tissue had to cover a little bit more ground. I think probably a tissue, you know, 
appears most aggressive to the line. But um, Kiku just got that plum run, didn't she? And she didn't have to go around a horse, Ronnie. No, I think that that's why Barrier One really helped because it was a really slow race. There was no leaders in this race, so James had the opportunity to put her into some sort of position and then keep out of all the the action and then gets the uh, the perfect run through. She deserved another win. Um, half million dollar semi-final for horses going to the tiara in different mm. ways. So mm. it's we've got to get wrap our head about around this race, and I'm sure tr trainers will instead of using it as a lead-up uh, for money like that. But, you know, Chris was obviously dominant there. Nudge was was good. A tissue, wide no cover. That was excellent. She's oh, hot and cold. She's very she hot and cold. Yeah. That hour intrigue is ready to win a race, whether it's an Ipswich Cup or something like that. It's something off the top, uh, but she's definitely ready to win a race. Just on uh, Waller yesterday, he's, he's three winners in um, uh, Brisbane, and we'll cover them off all. Francesco Guardi, political debate, Kiku. His three winners in Sydney were Ossipenko, Iris Sequel and Niffler, and he had one in Mel Melbourne as well, uh, Belarus. Seven metropolitan winners on the day. Incredible. And a, and, a, and a first four across the line here in this National Classic. We see these prize money races popping up everywhere and it's a half million dollar race that they wouldn't have been running in three or four years ago. So, yeah, pleasure to have them here. Did Kiku get the, the best run in transit, did you feel? Um, probably did. Uh, yeah, James McDonald was a good ride and um, he saved a bit of ground and he was the one with momentum. Nash was right there the whole way. Um, so, yeah, James probably had the, had the momentum up. What we're to now for these girls, we're still a little while away from the Tats Tiara. They've got to come back in distance, I guess. Yeah, I think um, a couple of them will freshen up and go to the Tats Tiara because coming back to 1,400 metres, they'll need to be fresh. And I think there's a 2,100 metre listed race the same day, so we might take two that way and two the Tats Tiara. A hundred percent. Without doubt, the barrier system is here and just being able to improve and prove Wish I had the same run in the derby, it might have been a different result, but um, he, she's a real honest horse. She had her quirts earlier on with missing the kick, but she's popping away nicely and, and like I said, the barrier really helped us there. You could just see her building really nice momentum from the 600 and when that run appeared on the fence it made it all too easy. Yeah, I could see Alan Tree just drifting majority of the race and um, so it was going to be hard for him to maintain that rail position. but. Um, they, they felt like they really quickened full 50, 500 from home and it real, was made a real dash so on pace has definitely helped. She's on track obviously for the Tats Tiara but we'll have to come back a little bit in trip. That shouldn't be a problem, she looks, she looks like she's holding condition, she probably peaked on a run 50 from the line, 100 from the line so bringing her back in trip won't, won't matter. We're three weeks from that meeting, next week of course Strab Break Day, then Ipswich Cup Day and then Tats Tiara Day, Snap Dancer $5 and Avisto $6. Okay, Bernie, the Morton Cup. This is uh, mm. this was the QDC Cup, uh, final chance to get into the Stradbroke. Yep. Well, we didn't have that situation yesterday. The majority of the field were not nominated for the Stradbroke, including the winner, Baller. So, Tony got a bit up in the air where to, where to go with this horse. Your horse. Yeah, well, he's not exactly my horse, but um, I'm closely 
invested in him. Um, Baller, well, he's just a, such a great horse baller and um, I don't believe he's going to the Stradbroke at all and he probably gets too much weight in the Healy. But as Tony said in his interview, he, he's not the easiest horse to train because he's 600 kilos and he's difficult to get feet because fits because he's always got foot issues. But you could just tell yesterday from the time Huey jumped on him, he gave him a little niggle just to stay in touch. The speed was perfect. The stars aligned. The speed was perfect. It peered off their backs. He had gave Nicanova a nudge. Um, does shift his ground a bit late, so it probably tells you he's sort of had enough at the end of 1,200 metres anyway. Um, Kementari was good, but Wonderbar uh, was probably one of the better runs out of that race, and she looked a million bucks yesterday as well, so it was, I wasn't surprised to see her fill a place. Yeah, she's so, so genuine, Wonderbar. Look, shooting for gold, it was a bit of a horror story there. He, uh, you know, ran at the start, lost position and just not much went, run of the race stuff went right. So I want to be very forgiving for shooting for Gold's run there. Okay, here is uh, Tony Gollan and Hugh Bowman. He dropped back to probably his right grade today, but just a different horse today in running. You know, I, I said to Huey on Tuesday morning, he just, he just towed his rider through his gallop and that's what he did in the run today. He just traveled up in the same spot as he was last year. He had, the, you know, had enough in him to bump that horse out of the road and had a great turn of foot. And that, that's, the, that's the ball that we know today. You know, that's, that's the right horse. Tony, what has been his issues? I know you've had to sort of manage this guy right throughout. Yeah, he's got really, really, he's a really big horse, as you see, Maxie. So, you know, getting him fit is, is always a challenge, these big horses. But he's got really bad front feet. So, you know, our, our farrier, Sheldon Devantia, he does an amazing job on this horse. And it's just taken a while for things to, to get in their groove. And, you know, when you can get the right surface and you can get him fully fit and we can get his feet right, there's a lot of ifs there, you really get a good horse. And I'm sure the other trainers that have had him previous to us have, have had the same struggles. And... When we get him right, he's, he's a quality galloper. It was pretty straightforward, Bernie, for me. I mean, we drew very well in barrier three, and he jumps very well, and Tony was confident he'd put his best foot forward here today. He's had a couple of runs to get his fitness levels to a place where they need to be, and my word, when, when I got a bit of room and balanced up, he, he really put them away, I thought, at the 250-metre mark. And, you know, he was sort of waiting for some company at the line, but I think had he... Had they have come at him, I think he had a, a little bit left up his sleeve, but it was a really dominant performance. All right, now let's go to the last of the day. This was the Queensland Day Stakes. Um, Athelric for Godolphin, the winner, but uh, starting favourite was their other horse, ingratiating, but they were, the, they were the two dominant horses in the market. Yeah, they were, and um, I think the public opinion was that ingratiating was the better chance, but... He was slow out and, 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 and sort of didn't really get into it, having to come up on the inside there. Uh, but Thelric, he's just, you know, he's on a roll. It's, it's just these horses that find winning form. There's a little query of him coming back to dry and 1,200 metres, but he put that to bed, that's for sure. And he was just too good. I can't find too many excuses uh, amongst the beaten brigade. Um, he's just in, in terrific form, that horse, and, and he's done a great job. Burn? Yeah, yeah, Athelric, yeah, the difference was he, he has that natural speed and he could sort of overcome uh, that and put himself in a good spot. I thought the run of R&T, Chris Mars horse, who runs second there in the Red Hats, was super. He's just sort of not been the furnished product by any means this prep. It's, I think it's only his second preparation. So he looked like he was going to get over the top of the winner there for some time, but he just sort of lacks that power punch and he... 
He probably had lightened off a little bit yesterday, which you sort of wanted to see in, in one way, but it also says maybe he's at the end of the prep. But he's definitely a horse from Queensland to look out for in the future. Okay, so he's in the Stradbroke ingratiating, and, and James Cummings makes mention in the interview that he's only got 51 and a half. So, how many will Godolphin have in this Stradbroke? There could be three, there could be one. Yeah. Ingratiating, they've got Valana, who yeah, qualified through the Fred Best, they're yeah. going to pay up, and they've got Kimantari. Okay, well. So, yeah, they'll, if they're all fit and well, they'll probably all run. Kementari, 58 kilos, ingratiating 51 and a half. If they put Valana, well, they haven't paid the late entry fee yet, so he's not appearing in that list of 32 left in the Stradbroke. Here's uh, James Cummings. Great credit to Athelric. He put himself into the race and uh, ran a strong 1,200 metres considering the work he did early. Um, you know, the other Colt ran beautifully. He made up a lot of ground in the home straight and... You know, we have been thinking for a while, maybe he is just looking for seven, and, uh, and if that's the case, then it certainly opens up lots of opportunities for him, but uh, he was great in the run to the line, and having so many weeks off between runs, you know, that the run to finish off it so strongly to run third was full of merit. This fellow, the winner, had he been on, uh, like, rain-affected tracks, and seriously, you know, serious rain-affected tracks, what was your expectation here on a, a firmish track? Well, look, both of our three-year-olds in this race have been absolutely flying, and uh, just the way the race shaped up, uh, you know, in the end, it was advantage to Athelric, who was able to use his gate speed and use that early tactical pace that he's got. Um, and he's a very progressive three-year-old. Since we gelded him, he's been absolutely flying in Sydney. Not many horses will win three straight in Sydney. It takes a... Stakes horse to do that, and uh, we um, we identified this race as the one that would suit him. And uh, look, he's um, you know he's delivered. He's got up and run a solid six furlongs and deserves the win. What do you think might happen with uh, both of these these horses today? Um, look, I will keep my options open with Athelric. Um, you know, maybe I'll freshen up and run him one more time up here, uh, back to 11. But uh, you know, he's going to be a beautiful four-year-old sprinter. You know, a progressive horse for next season. Uh, but four in a row is pretty special uh, to be culminating in a stakes race so far this prep and uh, well ingratiating's in the noms for the Stradbroke if he was to back up like he has before in the Blue Diamond and the Golden Slipper and run a big race in the Stradbroke next week then uh, he'd be looking pretty good with 51 and a half on his back where he sits in the order of entry. How many do you think you might have in the Stradbroke? Uh, possibly as many as three uh, maybe as uh, maybe only one. It's been delightful coming up here and riding on uh, firm ground but uh Athelric was really dominant winning at Scone recently and showed a lot of courage that day and it was an awkward draw for us today but his speed overcame that and he travelled superbly for me outside the leader and when I went, when asked to go on and win the race I thought I had it in the keeping but I could feel Karen coming at me and thought it was going to be a real tussle late but Athelric, he felt that pres the presence of the other horse and really lifted himself and made me look good. Okay, yeah, now that Valana's 50 and a half. It is in that, uh, they have paid the land entry fee, so it is uh, 50 and a half for uh, Valana. Um, Ayrton, they paid the late entry. They yeah, paid it earlier. He's a, he's a hard one to read after what happened last time, but it Jesus, it'd be a lovely race for him if you knew he was in top form and the market's adjusted to that now, but it's a, boy, it's a head scratcher, this one. It's a real head scratcher. Okay, so the barrier draw... Bernie, is it Tuesday? Are you, you're doing the barrier draw Tuesday? Yeah, that's right. I think we go on air about quarter past five in the afternoon. So the barrier draws in the city again at King George Square. And um, I believe they've got most representatives for most of the horses coming along. So it should be a good barrier draw as far as barrier draws go. 
OK, we're going to come back uh, with three more races from Brisbane, the Bill Carter, the Lightning and the Spear Chief. at Kuna Barron last night in concert, Robbie Dolan. He only knows one song. <laughs> <laughs> he's, still, he's still learning the words to the next That's one. That's right. He sings Desperado, but yeah, the young yeah, kids yeah. don't like no, that. We like that. They don't know them ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was 500 people at Kuna Barron last night for the thoroughbred industry. Yep. Get careers. together. Yep. 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 Uh, let's go back to the Bill Carter and Bernie. This was the win by Stroll. It was a listed race and a win for the O'Day Hoisted Yard. Yeah, terrific. Found by Maxi, which was very, very good at good odds. Um, Tony Gollan sort of of the opinion if it had been at Doom and Bazik probably wins. Um, I believe I got I didn't realise. Yes, I got told yesterday that she had an accident as a yearling in the paddock and she has a number of screws in one of her knees so there she is hitting the front now being really really game you can just see stroll a bit bigger a bit ranger building that tempo exo lady just feeling the pinch inside of her and then back to the inside oh there's the favorite uh, right on the outside which of course was zugotcha um, and right back to the inside in outback barbie's colors uh, is Honeypot, who's got a ton of talent but has been plagued with um, behavioural issues. She wasn't too bad yesterday, but she finds the line really, really nicely. So out of that, I, yeah, I want to be really looking for hot Honeypot uh, down the track. But Stroll, a really nice filly. The O'Day Hoisted Stable have always said she's still on the immature side, so she's going to strengthen up and have a lot more to offer, I would imagine, next prep. Yeah, I think uh, well, that's fair. I, I thought Mink Star was slow out, missed a run there at the 200 metre, had to change cause. I can make a little case that her run was uh, excellent there as well. Uh, now let's go to the Lightning. This was Boom Nova, who won uh, now three 3,000 metres in a row at Eagle Farm. A specialist. Yeah, she is, isn't she? Um, the Lightning Handicap, you know, it's, it's a historical race. Certainly here in Brisbane, and obviously now it's limited with numbers. But um, Chris Munts and his team have just got her absolutely flying. I mean, she she was always good. She she, she ran second to Rothfire as a two-year-old. But this Eagle Farm track over five furlongs has really become her thing of late. Garibaldi running on nicely there late as well. But um, all honours have to go with her. She's just too good for them. Yeah, she loves it, doesn't she? She loves it here. Uh, well, at Eagle Farm, over the thousand, there's no doubt about it. Can, uh, look, uh, contemptuous, the favourite was slow out, uh, wide throughout, and uh, probably gets another chance, I would think, being that first up there, I'd want to give um, him another chance. OK, and Bernie, then we go to uh, the Spear Chief handicap and a horse like Vinko, he's probably just, he's just that rung below pressing onto a race like the Stradbroke. 
Yeah, he is, as are probably a, a few in this race. It's interesting that he'd only had one start at this trip previously for one win. So, you know, he sprints so well fresh. We know him often as a giant killer in thousands and 1200s fresh up. So as he gets deeper into his campaign, um, he can stretch out and everybody sort of saw how unlucky he was in the BRC sprint last week behind Soxagon. So he's come out and been a completely dominant winner here yesterday. I thought Charmy Baby was great because we've really only seen her have the success on wet tracks here. So um, to see her run as, she as well as she did yesterday on a much, much firmer track was terrific. Thought Profit was disappointing. Um, what else was a bit disappointing? Perhaps Lightning Jack. Really surprised actually to see Bonham lead this race, Ronnie. Yeah, well, there was no other leader, so nothing would surprise what would happen with the tempo there. It was a funny run, Kubrick, wasn't he? He just lost interest and didn't want to really be involved there, and he, he picked the bit up the last 100 metres and charged through the line. So maybe when he, he looks one of them horses when he gets away from Eagle Farm, you might see a big improvement. Uh, back to nine races next Saturday, Bernadette. We've got uh, great meeting, Stradbroke JJ. Q22, uh, second running of that race, and mm. the Brisbane Cup, and, and all feature races throughout the day. Yeah, it's always a terrific race, and I've sort of felt like the crowds have been a little bit light so far this winter carnival. So whether it's just crowds sort of getting back into the groove of things post-COVID, or whether they're all saving themselves for next week, because not in so much recent years, but Previously, we was nothing to get 20,000 to a Stradbroke day. So fingers crossed we can get to that level um, with patrons. And also, what would you think of the chances? Would Robbie Dolan be a possibility of singing the national anthem? Do you think he could remember those words? They're probably, they're probably booked someone in. <laughs> they're very, they're very <laughs> attentive to their yes. national anthem up there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And Signore Fox, he retired. They yeah. retired him yesterday morning. Yeah, he had a little knee problem, I think, so he's retired. Unfortunately, they were peaking him up to run well in the, mm. on the dry in the Stradbroke, but that's unfortunate for connections because I thought they had him going well, but he's retired. OK. Mm. Uh, we'll see you in the barrier draw on Tuesday, Bernie, and uh, we'll see you at Saturday at the races at Eagle Farm. Will do. Thanks, guys. They haven't coped really well up in Queensland. They had a couple of cold days. Yeah, yeah, very cold. They had to get their jumpers out. They don't like it. Below, like below it. 20, was it? They were still complaining on Saturday for the wind that happened on Tuesday. <laughs> I'm going to take a break. When we come back, Corey Brown, it's his show. He's going to take us right through Sydney. He was there at Rose Hill yesterday. <laughs> Okay, the uh, first of the day at Rose Hill Garden yesterday. First of all, we were not on a heavy track. No. We finally got out of the heavy yeah. range for the first time in how long? Oh, a long time. Well, January? That's three months, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Three and, and, that's, and we're going to get some funny results being yeah. thrown up a couple yesterday. There's more to come. Mm. Stay tuned because we are just got to expect it. Yeah. Um, so the two-year-olds kicked us off and it was a first starter. It was Ossipenko by Piero, Josh Parr and Chris Waller. Well, he he looks uh, he looked like he's at the trials that he had something. He was just one of these, you know, horses that Chris can produce in winter, and you think, oh, these these are just winter races. We're not going to um, take much notice yeah. of them. But I think this race had a little bit of depth in it, and I love the way this horse went about his work. It was 1300 yeah. first start in a race. I, I think he's a, an outstanding prospect. Even to look at him, Ronnie, in the um, yard, he's still very mature. Um, he didn't race that way. He raced like a real professional and he really attacked the line. But um, 
He's still got to furnish yet. He's not there yet. Okay. Well, I'd be interested to see what the next move, whether it's going to be a light winter for him with a little spring target or... Uh, yeah, but anyway, Chris usually makes the right moves with these types of horses, but he's impressive. Madame Pomery was okay. Um, back row was okay. The short price favourite, the horse with the boom on him, uh, Baroque Road, was very disappointing, but I do read that he, oh, he was slow to recover and he was coughing. And he got softened up at the start as well. Yeah. He has made work to get over. Um, still very, very new. He's still got big improvement in him, but yeah, there was a slow recovery. All right, well, Chris was in Brisbane. Charlie's overseas. Let's go and hear from uh, Damien Fitton. Stable has a nice wrap on him, so it was great to see him get the job done on debut. In his trials, he just seemed to be getting better and better each time we saw him. Yeah, he did. He's a typical Piero. They take a bit of time, so we just looked after him early days and brought him back in. He strengthened up and matured a lot, and uh, as you can see today, he's just still got a lot of growing to do. Um, but look, he's a lovely colt moving forward, and I'm sure the ownership group are going to have a, a really nice time ahead. There's a decent speed on up front. That suited him. Josh was able to just sit out in behind them and get cover, and he burst through late. He was terrific. Yeah, well, look, that was the plan. We, we asked Josh just to, to use his barrier and make sure that uh, the leader and the favourite um, didn't get a soft time in front, um, and he done executed that perfectly. And, look, the speed generated well, and um, he took a bit of time to wind up, but uh, once he found clear air, he really attacked the line strongly. He travelled really well behind the, behind the speed. Interestingly enough, from the 600 to the 400 was probably the worst part of his race. He, he just lost his way slightly. Once we balanced up and, and I was able to get clear air and ask him for a full effort, he responded really well. It looks like he's got good improvement. He still looks a little bit immature. Yeah, it's so typical of, of the Piero breed. I've had a lot of luck with them and he is the, he's the perfect Piero type. He's got a, a lovely big stride. Uh, he's got a good attitude, albeit a little bit green today, but he, uh, he could make the grade. All right, now to the highway. Lou Mary, a trainer at Scone, produces proverbial to win the highway. Yeah, and Lou had a winner at Newcastle yesterday, so we'll keep an eye on his horses at the moment. So, um, yeah, I don't know where this come from. He was big odds. He'd been quite consistent in, in easier races, although, um, yep, relatively lightly raced. Gets the job done at big odds. I, I found it a hard race to reach. He cruised up there, the Summer Glow. Was going to win by three lengths and just didn't go on with the job. And... Just blow dart, he's got the big weight, but he's very brave. He, he tries very hard. I was sort of, Summer Globe, maybe so impressive at um, Scone first up, really impressive. Um, maybe just the edge taken off, bit of a forgive. Yeah, possibly. Um, it's only early in, in her preparation. She's only second up here, so I think we can definitely forgive her. It's not as if she run bad, it's just that she, she cruised up like it was all over. Um, yeah, a funny race. The couple there didn't put in. Uh, Kamonic was is, is obviously a better horse than that. There was something wrong there. Well, let's go and hear from Lou Mary and also Chad Schofield. We've always had a bit of a pin over. Uh, come back from last preparation, we were actually targeting the, um, the Hortensia during the Scone Carnival, but um, a rating never came up uh, high enough, and um, a rain in Canterbury was just uh, bottomless for her, and she, she never handled it. She just appreciated that firmer surface today? She does, and she, she actually goes even better on good ground, on top of the ground. Um, she's a very genuine mare, and you know, it was a um, 10 out of 10 ride today by, by Chad, I think. And her, in, her record indicates that she's genuine. She's always thereabouts. She is. She is. Uh, the, the only thing that puts her off is uh, it's the, wet, the wet going, um, which has been a, the case last preparation a few times, but uh, to, today was a bit of a relief uh, seeing that uh, upgrade to, um, to soft seven. Yeah, obviously, he drew directly in inside me and I thought maybe I could clear him out the gates but he was a bit quicker than I was and I was just able to come back and slot in, folded him everywhere, he looked like he was going to be hard to beat but um, 
to my mare's credit, she, she showed a nice turn of foot with the, with the lightweight and she was strong to the line. Did you think you were going to pick him up as easy as you did? No, um, obviously I saw Brenton really cuddling his horse and I had a fair bit of work to catch that, that, that runner, so um, she did surprise me when she let down. All right, well, keep an eye out for the Frenchman, yeah. <laughs> Mary. Um, now, to the third of the day, and uh, this was Walinga Raffio. Well, how good is he? I don't know. He's, he's got a stout pedigree. He's, um, he's had two starts. Mark started him off in a 1,500-metre maiden. He, he, he did it well there. Second start in a race, 1,800. Showed good racing sense going to the front and scampers away like a like a stayer that we should keep tabs on. There's, there's no doubt about it. I think this horse has got a lot of upside. He, even in the run, you can see me. He's, he's not getting down and lengthening to the line at the moment, but still one by a decent margin, but I reckon there's plenty of upside to this horse. Yeah, well, what can you say? They're spread out over a bit of ground, which is usually... I'd, look, I think going into the race, I would have thought it was more like a midweek race, mm -hmm. but when you see him spread out over ground like that, uh, you've got to take a little bit of notice. So, you know, African Daisy was, was no excuses, but battled on OK. Kapangi went, went OK as well, but I think all eyes are for the winner, aren't they? That's, that's uh, the only horse you want to be... Um, looking at going forward into the future because um, two starts, two wins mm. and two impressive ones at that. Tyler's riding winners at every meeting now. Yeah, he, he is. is. He's yeah. riding really well, Tyler. Mark Newnham and Tyler Schiller. Uh, I thought Tyler rode him and rated him really well in front, but like what was really good to see how strong he was even from the furlong home. So quite a promising horse. Uh, it'll just be a matter of now whether we run him once more or, or give him a little break and, uh, and look at something a little bit better in the spring. And he's doing it all in his first preparation? Yeah, look, he's, he's done a little bit more each preparation. I'm pleased we've got some uh, um, nice patient owners because we've only trialled him once or twice each prep and waited with him. Uh, he was a horse that didn't carry much condition. But this time in, he's really thrived, and um, you know, as we've stepped up his work this time in, he's done better each week. Looks like he'll run two miles just looking at him. Yeah, well, look, it was nice that he got into an, a good rhythm, and um, you know, Tyler, I've, I've said to him one area he's he's needed to improve um, is being in front, and he did that really well today. Horse and jockey, big tick for both. He had to do a little bit of work early, a bit more than Hawkesbury, and up in grade today, we were confident that he'd run the trip very strongly, and. He showed his class the last bit. He was impressive at Hawkesbury, but did you think he had that much ability the way that he won today? I thought it was a sortable, sort of a soft maiden win, like there was, wasn't much in the field, but today he's shown that he can go up in trip and up against a bit stro stronger competition and he's very strong late. He looks like he's a highly strung horse. A bit, a bit of time he'll settle down? Yeah, I think so. He's just learning mentally and he's a lot like his dad actually. He looks a lot like him and... Nice strong boy and he's very strong late. Okay, so one of the wins of the day there, Willinga Raffio. Now we go to uh, the first of a double for the Kim War Stable and a French Bonnet who won a race at Ramwick, a midway back in uh, middle of April, wins another midway here at Rose Hill. Yeah, and it was probably a masterstroke, um, obviously back to 1400, taking a claim this week, got the good draw and and got the nice patient uh, ride um, when things look, started to look a, bit, a little bit nasty there and uh, just stayed cool, uh, Dylan, and just too good for him and just well placed, well thought out, taking that claim. I think it's only a formality uh, before Harvey's way wins one of these midways. He will be on him. Yeah, it, it was just a break between runs and he just wants, if, if these tracks continue to dry now, this, this is his level mm. and he'll win one of these. He cruised up, but I reckon he knocked up. 
Uh, um, she was just too fit for yeah, it. Yeah, just too fit. Uh, this kid, he, uh, like, we've been talking about him for a good couple of months now, Dylan Gibbons, but um, I had someone come to me and say, mate, he'd outride all the apprentices in Sydney. And I said, he'd outride a lot of the jockeys as well. He's, he's really made his mark. Um, he's, a, he's a gun that a rider. I want to get to one of our statisticians. Yeah, and which I'll, one? Uh, well, we've got hundreds of them now. Yeah. They're all listening and watching, hopefully. Yeah, okay. Um, what is the world record to lose your three kilo claim? How, I reckon, how quick? How quick you can lose yeah. your three kilo claim in town? Mm. He's just started in town. Yeah. I reckon it'd be quicker than Malcolm Johnson ever did. Well, he would ha he'd have to hold the record. Well, yeah. Malcolm, we didn't have as many he? meetings. I, like, I, yeah. It's hard to but, say, but, but we need someone to have a look at that because this kid could break the record. What's, what's he had already? His allowance, all the way through. The three yeah, I, know, the two. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Yep. I mean, even to watch him, he's riding like if you if you didn't know him and you like you know it was Dylan Gibbons, you'd watch him and think he was like he'd been riding for 10, 15 years. Mm. That's how well he's riding. And I think well, it used to be 15 winners and you lose your went to two and a half. I think it's a little bit different now. Well, so. didn't didn't they change the rules? Didn't Malcolm? They had to change the rules for Malcolm. You used to get it back. Didn't you used yeah. to get it back? Uh, didn't it reset or they changed the rule did, when Malcolm? Did. I'm just trying to think what it was. They changed the rule. Malcolm was so successful as an apprentice, yeah. they said, now this is a rort. Hmm. We've got to change the rules because you can't... He, he was riding as an apprentice with no claim when he was 17 or something. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what the story was. There was something that did happen. Yeah, if you're watching, Malcolm... <laughs> phone ring, in. Ring in. Corey phone and I would love to hear from you. Yeah, exactly. We, you know, <laughs> you, can you put your phone on? Well, I haven't seen him since <laughs> off the rails. Mate, well, he, do, he doesn't return a call. <laughs> I'm not even sure the number's working anymore. <laughs> If, you, if he rings, put him through. Um, what are we up to? Oh, yeah, Gill Gibbons. Uh, here's Kim Warren, Dylan Gibbons. Yeah, definitely. It worked out beautifully for us. A little bit of pace on early, and um, Dylan didn't uh, panic. He just come back off from a few lengths, and I just said, if she lands in front and there's no pace, that's fine, but I'd like her to really just be tucked in behind, and, and he did that perfectly and went to go up the fence, and there wasn't quite enough room, so... Uh, came to the outside and she was just too strong. Yeah, once that gap opened up, she was always going to be in the finish and her best work was late. Yeah, she's, she's, a, she's got a great record and she's, she's a good mare and um, she you know, used to just do some funny little things, but um, as she's getting older, she's, she's just getting better and better. The big mare, we had to breathe in a bit, just a bit through there, but um, yeah, look, obviously, Mark and Kim, they know what they're talking about and we were sort of all on the same page that there was a lot of speed, but we didn't want to end up too far back and once a few went around, I thought I was going to end up three pairs back and sort of a couple stayed off the fence and it allowed me just to cruise through under my own accord and just a matter of getting there because it always travelled well for me for a long way out. Uh, yeah, it had a good turn of foot too once you got a bit of clear running. Yeah, it's probably what nearly caused me a bit of trouble because as I went to come out of random, I was just travelling too good and ended up inside the heels of the 1-1 one, one off and I thought, well, I'm going to have to get through here now. So just had to buy my time, got through and, and she let go good for a big man. Okay, so with the, uh, we're going to take a break now. When we come back, the listed winter cup will be our next race from Rose Hill. Okay, was this the race where uh, Chris Waller breaks the uh, record officially, the prize money record, which he held last year? He set it at 40. For, this is a prize money won by all his horses in the year, 44,526,000. He goes past it uh, with this race, Irish sequel, winning the Winter Cup. 
Yeah, well, that's what the stats men say, and I'll believe them because they um, they got all the records, and this is the one, and there's still a couple of months to go. Yeah. So what could happen? So I'll tell you what can happen. These horses can turn their form around because she was beaten, well, he was beaten 12 lengths there at, uh, on the heavy track at Rose Hill there last time in the Lord Mayor's Cup, and just give them a drier track, and this is what can happen. They yeah. can really turn it around. It would have made it interesting, I reckon, if they had to come at Bonnie Ezra a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. You've seen that horse at Scone get up off the canvas and chug on, but Jay, I think Jay had that in his mind. He, he, he obviously, he, knew, he knows Bonnie Ezra and he, he knew to just get there late, sort of catch, not Kathy napping by all means, but just that, that horse. If you had to eyeball him a little bit sooner in the straight, it would have made things a lot more interesting. Yeah, there was a protest there for yeah, a little bit of shuffling up, but yeah. that was they didn't that didn't last long. A military gone. mission was very disappointing. He either wants blinkers or a spell. One or the other. Yep. <laughs> no in between. Let's go and hear from uh, Damien Fitton and Jay Ford. That was a very patient ride, and uh, it was a big effort from the horse as well. He's been up for a while, and um, as I said before, back onto a better track today. He really relished that. He toughed it out well, didn't he? Because the other three inside of him have got a bit of a break on him. Yeah, exactly right. And look, the 2400 was a bit of a query today. He's never run the trip before, but look, he, he saw that out quite well. And um, it was uh, good to see the, the leader come under pressure before the turn. And that just allowed uh, Jay to continue to creep up. And um, once he let him go, he really let down well. He's only fairly sparingly raced for a rising seven-year-old, but his record's not bad. Yeah, definitely. Look, we bought him out of uh, Ireland on, the, on behalf of our Dermot Welder, offered it to him, offered him to us, I should say. Um, and he was very lightly raced then. Um, so we've just taken him through his grades uh, nicely and uh, it's great to get a listed win with him. Sort of gave into the fact that although nothing's made ground today, this is only an eight-horse field and I was only going to be spotting him three or four and I thought the speed of the race was OK early. He travelled quite strong. Sort of when they quickened at the 600 there, I sort of rude the fact that I didn't get on my bike a bit earlier because they sort of got away from him a bit. But, look, he's a, a good staying prospect to... You know, bar his last start, he's been very consistent all preparation. So it was a good breakthrough for him, back on back in form. And like I said, he just kept grinding away at them and he was strong late. OK, I was listening to Ray Thomas on radio this morning. You were listening as well. Now, so yesterday was June 4. Mm -hmm. Yesterday was June 4. Who won her first race on June 4? Winks, apparently. Winks, yeah. And yesterday was Oaks Day. She won at Queensland Oaks. She won the yeah. Queensland Oaks. It was June 4. And... Debbie Capitas, who co-owned Winks, she won a race at Rose Hill yesterday. He was tying everything in. Yeah. He was spotting raccoons. <laughs> <laughs> that's his job. That's his job. That's, talk about stats, man. Yeah. Talk about rain, man. Exactly. He, um, so, so he tied Niffler into all that. Beautiful stuff. <laughs> and here it is, Niffler in the Whoppet colours, uh, Whoppet. Debbie Capitas, uh, Jason Collett, the rider, and uh, Chris, what, Chris Waller, the trainer. Yeah, look, uh, might be an improving sort of mare. She's been well handled. Uh, she's got a good winning strike rate. This was quite dominant. She could well be just up at the right time of year handling these tracks with a jar of it, or she could be better than that. Don't know how strong the race was. Deficit was okay, was solid, and uh, Lady of Luxury, the, just anchored by that big weight, yeah. she's, she's, she'll be winning shortly. That'll top her off. And um, Flash Flood first run in Sydney wasn't bad, but it's all about the winner. She she dominated there, was was far too good. And JC Collett, good to see him back in the winner's circle in the city. That's his first winner. Is that the first one yeah, back? first one back. Oh, he's ridden winners on the fringe outside provincials. Yeah. He's ridden a good few winners, but um, 
yeah, it was getting a little bit frustrating for him, but that's his first City winner back since, since he hurt himself, yeah. yeah. Because he was having that terrific run Huge yeah. before he... He got to grow the mullet back. Well, I, I actually said to him yesterday, I said, you don't know what to do on these dry tracks, do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the mullet. I think yeah, it is the, the mullet. mullet. Yeah, and definitely. He, <laughs> bring back the mullet. <laughs> what did he uh, raise? It was a few thousand he raised, which was good. Yeah. But so. he can start again. Yeah. He can start again. Yeah. Because Tyler Schiller's going to give him a run for his money. Oh, that is, <laughs> oh no, yeah. Tyler's got a bit of a bit of a wave to his yeah, as well, yeah. where Collett just was straight. Do you have anything to do with uh, the apprentices' hairstyles? <laughs> no, no. Dress code and hairstyles aren't my area. Oh, really? No. And they're, yet, they're two of your greatest <laughs> strengths. Oh, okay. Two of your I'll greatest strengths. I'll try and get a little bit rubbed off on them. Where's the cap? <laughs> where's the cap? Oh, the wife's actually been blown up about the cap lately. She, oh, she, she, oh. she, she doesn't like, like it. it. Don't like it. So. You're wearing socks today? No. No? Never. <laughs> okay. Let's fit him in Italy well. <laughs> from Damien Fitton and Jason Collett. It's very good to get a win with this filly. Uh, she's got a lot of ability and um, her, run on, her run first up this preparation was quite promising so we we're, we're quietly confident coming into today. She's never run a bad race. No, she hasn't. Look, she's been a model of consistency her whole career and um, look, uh, the Capitas family are reaping the awards now. It's great to see her putting races away these days. Yeah, exactly right. She got a lovely ride today. Look, the speed was good and Jason uh, knew what he had underneath, so he just ambled up to him and she did try to lay in under pressure, but uh, she probably hit the front a bit too soon, but look, the way she put him away over the final 100 metres was pleasing to see. She wasn't the best away and, yeah, it did, it, luckily I had that in a gate and was just still able to rail up and sit on the back of the speed, which, yeah, I had complete control sort of turning in. It's just a matter of when to unleash. What do you think of pet distances? She's quite, she's a bit revvy. Like I, I'd like to think further. She's by a Tavistock breeding would suggest further, but in time possibly. But at the moment, I think the 14 mile might just be her, her, her best until she sort of gets a bit more sort of racecraft around her. I've got you down as the be best wet weather jockey in Australia. With these tracks drying out, mate, how are you going to handle it? Yeah, struggling. No, it's. Uh, like I've been back a month and I've got to admit it's, it's been a shock. I love riding on a wet, heavy track, but this is, it's been difficult. Okay, now to Surf Dancer in uh, the Petaluma Handicap. This was a benchmark 94 race 7. Well, talk about a gift. Yeah. This was yeah. A, a given. <laughs> they just, it was always on paper that was going to happen, but yeah. no one wanted to make a move whatsoever. And they, they just felt, fell for the, well, the three-card trick and yeah. Rachel was off. Alone. Just left her alone in front. She... She canted up front, she, and she actually waited till she got right into the straight. Yeah. Too. I was actually, this is the only winner that I tipped all day, and when she was getting to about the 500, I'm thinking, come on, Rach, just let it go. Like, so I was in Brisbane, and I said, Glenn was next to me, and I said, gee, she wanted to be starting to quicken now. Well, they'll be all attacking her yeah. in a moment, but she obviously mm. the, she got the desired result there and out-sprinted um, Arapahoe. It was okay, um, not nowhere near last time. Uh, Skyman was unbelievable, mm. considering the way that race was run. Um, he had plenty to do, and I thought he was huge. Um, so, yep, he, I think he could be the one, now that he's in Sydney, he's had a run here and he's fit, he might be one to follow next start. All right, let's go and hear from the colourful Neil Payne and Rachel King. There was probably a little bit of doubt over the 1800, but as you all know, Gay and Adrian horses love the eight, you know, stepping up in distance. And the way Rachel rode him, she just stacked him up. She was just, you know, running along at 12 eights, 12 nines. I think might have even touched the 13 for a furlong. So that really helped. And this horse, is, he's got a devastating furlong sprint, and Rachel knows this horse and knew that. So she held him up right in the straight and then got going from the 300, and he, you know, he kept going. So it was a terrific win. A fortnight ago, he put the riding on the wall because he was gutsy up front here. Yeah, exactly right. You know, he, he's been a, 
uh, he's a tough little horse, but he's just been unlucky. So let's just hope we're really we haven't got the bottom of him. You know, again, Adrian will get to the bottom, you know, of him over the next 12 months. But look, he's just a genuine little horse, and China Horse Club they'll have a lot of fun with him. I think that mid race at Abreva today really helped him. He probably hasn't got the longest sprint, but when he can get a break, it just extends that sprint a little bit more. And he's a very tough, honest horse. Did you feel the pressure coming at about the 500? I could hear them. <laughs> OK, we're going to uh, come back with Per Itaway's win after this break, an uh, import from New Zealand. That's next on Thoroughbred Weekly. and Lady Fraulein jumped pretty well in set of stalls and is going to take the early lead. From Soria jumped well up into second position. Glacier Queen handy with Regal Pond the rails. Then came Beirut Miss and Pretty Wild is cast pretty deep and just easing back into about a four-way position towards the rear. It's a soft lead here for Lady Fraulein in the hands of Keegan Latham out by a half-length to Soria and Regal Pond the post-time favourite. Rails to third, narrowly in front of Glacier Queen then Beirut Miss and Pretty Wild on debut. Settles last and only about four lengths off the lead. 600 metres to run. Lady Fraulein in front by three quarters to Sori. Followed by Glacier Queen who pulls out three wide starting a run. Regal Pom back on the fence. Followed by Beirut Miss and Pretty Wild is last. This field is starting to bunch now and they prepare for the big headwind as they turn. Lady Fraulein in front from Sori. Glacier Queen Pretty Wild stoked up getting to the outside. Two further back to Regal Pom. He needs to lift as Pretty Wild lengthens wide out. James McDonald said go and away goes Pretty Wild opening up two lengths on Glacier Queen Sorry, and further back to Beirut Miss but extending well clear Pretty Wild and goes on for a very hollow win from Beirut Miss. Glacier Queen third followed by Sorry, Lady Fraulein. Firstly congratulations you've, you've yeah. made the century now and you can go away and you've done it. <laughs> I've done it yeah no that was a, a bit of a relief to, good to do it. On Chris's horse who's obviously very smart he she, he, she just went about her business really well and uh, scooted through that heavy ground, which importantly and coming in nice and fit. Were you surprised of how well she let down? She let down terrific. Um, look, she was back in a slowly run race, but track's very deep and uh, they're working quite hard at it. So um, it was just a matter of getting her in a balance and ripping through the ground. Okay, so there was uh, Jay's McDonald riding his 100th winner for the season. He'll uh, head to the UK shortly, but I mean, he's in, um, he's in elite company, isn't he? We talk about Beeman doing it for fun, and now McDonald's doing the same thing. Yep. No, he's a dominant, dominant. And they, he's an intimidator. All the other boys are scared of him. Yeah? yeah. I reckon. Were you ever scared of Beeman? No, he was scared of me. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, Beeman, I mean, Beeman, what's Beeman? Now, will anyone ever break no, Beeman's I record? I don't 160, so. whatever? If James could do it, yeah, but he would have to forego the carnivals. Yeah, to, yeah you know, like he he spends a good few months away. Well, yeah. it'll be a few months by the time they go to Melbourne, and yeah. although Melbourne and Sydney cross now with the carnivals, but he'd have to stay in. He'd have to set his mind to it. I've got no doubt he could do it. Mm. Um, sorry, Daz, but I reckon he could because mm. they've got a lot more meetings now than what we used to have. Mm. Yeah, Maybe more. Not <laughs> many more. Oh well, we've had. We've had Got a lot more prize money, I know that. Yeah, yeah that's exactly right. Um, all right, Per Ridaway, let's go to uh, the uh, eighth of the day, Duff, and this was the um, the Kiwi import. Yeah, and a young filly too, a lightly raced filly, so um, obviously it's been an astute purchase, or whether they 
owned her over there. I wouldn't think so. I think they may have purchased her, and she uh, starts off in in really good style here. Got a nice sit behind him. Looks like she'll run further than 1,200 metres the way uh, she finished off. She'd only had one soft trial, I think, leading into this race and um, gets the job done. I think this was, while we're in the stats mood, this was Chris's 150th winner of the season. Yeah. So he's had another big year, Chris. Um, what else do we want to say here? Ruben Oki was better. Easy far, good. As far as being first up and wanting further, uh, Bitcoin baby, I expected more from her, so a bit disappointed with her performance. But um, yeah, interesting filly that could train on. Yeah, I think I think she's got a bit of bit of depth to her because to look at her in the yard, she's sort of like she's a with the one trial trialed really well, and I, I was expecting to see this horse, you know, like come into the yard and just look immaculate. But oh, still a little bit of tidying up to do. I reckon there's a bit of improvement in this horse. Yeah, sure. She's probably over in the cooler weather in New Zealand yeah. and come over and yep. looked a bit hairy. Yeah. <laughs> Danny Greer, representing Chris Lees and Retton Abdullah. She had a lovely run just in behind the speed in that nice stalking position. And, you know, we're pretty confident a fair way out. But, you know, she was up for the challenge late and it was a nice win in the end. She had good form in New Zealand. Bloodstock obviously purchased her. How has she been since she got here? Yeah, really good. She's continued to please in all the work. And, you know, a trial at Skane indicated that she was going really well. Cody Nestor trialed her on the day and he was really pleased to feel that she gave him. Uh, she looks like whatever she's done today, she's only going to keep improving upon, given we haven't seen her previously. Yeah, exactly. And her form overseas suggests that. She's got good form on soft tracks and, you know, perhaps getting over that little bit further now. She drew to, to Matwell and... Just wasn't sure if I'd fold to the rail and follow Jay or stay one off, but um, I ended up folding to the rail for the early part of the race, and I just felt like I had plenty of horse to work with, so I popped early and just sort of got her comfortable, and once I really squeezed her on the bench, she picked up underneath. Um, I thought I was going to put Jay away a bit easier than what I did, but there's obviously still a bit more improvement there, and I'm sure um, as she sort of progresses over longer, she'll be better too. Okay, now let's go to the ninth of the day, the Rambert Handicap Benchmark 78, Mark Schnell. Yeah, look, um, a, a, a bit of an up. Oh, I found it hard to find, but it was an improving type of horse. In another race, they slowed up, Corey, and um, gets a, the leaders get it pretty easy up yeah, front yeah. here. I yeah. thought Ita was a little unlucky here. It held up at a vital stage and just lost a bit of momentum behind them. And I would have thought, with clearer run from the 300, considering how this race was run, that Ida might have just about got the money with, with a clearer run here. And I think Wicklow. Um, obviously the class runner in the race and Jace had a fair few babysitters pretty much the whole race. They were all, you know, eyes were on him and he didn't have a lot of luck, got into a bit of a bumping duel, sort of topping the straight. Um, and first up in a long time yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a good run. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, but the market knows, as they say, uh, Wicklow was about $2.20 out or you, you couldn't ride a bet for mm. it, about $4 something late. Yep. So um, obviously expected after a long break that just might need a run as well. So. We'll monitor him for improvement next time. Joe Pride and Reese Jones. They're both good, the two Kiwis. So it's nice. I, I really like getting horses from New Zealand. They're, they're good, tough horses, and they've um, they've both had a bit of seasoning. These two, but that was great for him. It was um, it was an important run for him. He he'd failed to start before, but today was more. You know, getting back on top of the ground. He was he was he was very good. And to be fair to him, they were coming at him inside and out, yeah. and he defies a lot of them. He was quite brave, wasn't he? So um, really happy with the other horse, King of the Castle. He ran, he ran a bold race first run in a long time, and they're two really nice horses. Yeah, you know, they're two good, tough customers, and I, I'm expecting them both to be around here for the next sort of two, two three 
three, maybe four seasons, um, picking up prize money, and that's why they've been, you know, that's why that's why they're here. The prize money is so much better here in Australia. Yeah, he always felt tremendous, even going to the gates, like in the enclosure. He was always on his toes, ready to race today. Um, obviously, he didn't handle that heavy track last start, but he's bounced back really well. He'll come away with the win today. What about when they were coming at you at the 200 metre mark? It actually spurred him on a little bit. He was kind of just floating and playing around with them a little bit, waiting for him. But um, I'm glad they came up when they did because he really switched into another gear and he felt really hard. Do you reckon he'll go a bit further? Yeah, I think so. Um, I can't see why not. You know, he was lovely and relaxed today out in front. Um, Mr Price has done a tremendous job with him today and really grateful to, to him and the connections. Another one of our very, very good apprentice riders, Reese Jones. Now, scratched out of that race was Sabark, who went to Dubbo to win the washed-out Wellington Cup. And this horse is a big dance horse. There he is, and um, very astute, because he's one of these imports that looks an improver. So he's going to have the nice little ratings, just enough ratings to get into the race. He's qualified now. The timing looks good for him to, you know, she's got plenty of time, Annabelle, to get him right. And he, like I say, he's improving import, and with another little break, he, he's going to be right for the big dance. Moves up on the outside. Knight is fighting back. The Scotsman giving a great sight on the rails. Zabark moved up on the outside. Coming home fast was Roman, but Zabark. Zabark beat Knight. Third, Roman. Fourth, the Scotsman. What a mighty run by the Scotsman. Rule the world was nicked in. Melbourne Martin Cup Day, the new $2 million the Big Dance, you qualify by running in the Country Cups, the designated Country Cups. First and second go through with preference to the winners. There's 25, there'll be 25 winners and 25 runners up. It'll come down to benchmark ratings. Rustic Steel, Sabark, Dr Drill Steely. It is going to be a very good race. Yeah, they get plenty of time to work out their program and if they've got to get their ratings up beforehand mm. as well. So it'll be interesting what tactics some trainers Well, that's use. that's right. You get your uh, you qualify, but that you, that's not your rating. Yeah, you your rating is come race day. That's right. Mm. The uh, last of the day, Canadian Club Handicap 1200, benchmark 78, and this was the double for Kim War. Yeah, I'm pretty, um, pretty astute purchase, this one. He was yeah, Kings Air was bought um, out of the, from the Chris Waller Yard for in February for 115,000. So with one run, they've nearly got all their money back. Mm. Uh, so uh, they've they've obviously done their due, due diligence there and um, bought the right horse. But they they know he's a good fresh performer and he delivered there yesterday. And judging by that, um, you wouldn't think it'd be his last win. El Buena, two good runs from him for Valor. Uh, nice start off race and a dynamic impact just wants that little bit further, didn't react uh, back in distance second up. But uh, yeah, I think he landed some nice bets late there and uh, um, a good piece of placement and a, and a very astute purchase from Kim and Mark. I reckon Kim threw me the curveball as well. well get used to it, champ. <laughs> <laughs> I had him on top and I spoke to her before the race and she thought he might need the run. So I changed my mind. Oh. Stupid oh. Anyway. You fell, you you fell, fell for the, the man with the minties, <laughs> as, as rabbits would say. <laughs> the coat tuggers have got you. <laughs> here's, here's Kim Moore and Dylan Gibbons. A lot of new owners, actually, that have gone into this horse. And, uh, look, we, um, we, we've had the trials called off so much lately. You had one trial and then the next lot got called off and there was this race and, and uh, I said, look, let's just run him because... I'm sick of just hanging around for the trials and uh, I, I said to even little Dylan today, I said whatever he does today Dylan, he's still got a lot of improvement in him, he's got a little belly on him but uh, he's been, I've been really happy with him at home but 
very, very happy. Yeah, did it surprise you a little bit, given you he'd missed, you know, all those trials and he looked like he needed the run? Did it shock you or not really? Well, I was really happy with the pace of the race, where he was. They were going very quick and uh, I thought, well, geez, this will suit him because he's, he's much more realistically a 1,400 to a mile. Um, but, uh, look... It all panned out beautifully. Loomed, I always felt like the winner, and as I sort of got there, the petrol gauge read empty, but you know what they say, winners win, so he knew where the line was. How much, does he give you a really good feel? Because he looks a beautiful horse. He does, he, um, he's a monster. He's probably the only horse I feel small on, so he, he's got all the size there in the world and well-placed by Kim and, you know, first up, big weight and big burly bugger too, so I think he's a hell of a lot more improving than you might think, so he might be a nice horse for the future. OK, that's just about it for the show. Speaking of rabbits, he's retired from calling Rugby League, uh, a wonderful broadcasting career which not only spanned Rugby League but racing mm. and other sports as well. People forget what a great race caller he was. No, an icon. I wouldn't, have a, I wouldn't be in the media without him. Got me my first job and it's continuing on. He put yeah. you on yep. in the days of, uh, when he was doing the morning show at 2KY, a drive show at 2KY. Yep. And come on and do a tip. When I first... I retired from riding, I got hurt, I had a fall, and he said, come on and give me a tip. And I, I got on there and I tipped, I think it was, my first tip was lying on arms and I won the Doncaster at 40 to 1, so oh. I, had, I had a job the next day. <laughs> <laughs> had your own desk. Yes. Oh. When, I, when I first met Ray, I was a kid in the press box at Gosford, and he was calling the races there. It was like seeing a movie star. Yeah. They're, they're all, and he'd be loving this because it's like a eulogy, he's not even dead. Yeah. Um, he's still with us, Rabbits, and he's, people are going to be talking about Rabbits forever. But his voice is like, when I first came to Sydney, it was like Johnny Tapp's voice. You know, like when I met him for the first time, you, so you really use that voice when you're talking normal. But he, his voice is rugby league, I think. It like, is. It's just, yeah. There's it's so many is. stories. Yeah. There's so many stories. We need another hour and a half. Yeah. Um, More than one book. So, so, to finish the show, we're going to uh, play this race. Uh, Rabbit's realised a dream. I think he called three Melbourne Cups. But we're also going to play this because Malcolm hasn't got back to us. <laughs> no, Malcolm hasn't got back to us by the desired time. So watch this again, champ. Here's Ray Warren, uh, who retires from calling. Uh, he got the call, a Melbourne Cup, and uh, this was one of his three Cups. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Cup of 82. Noble comment on the inside. Triumphal march the centre. The Kingston is coming at them and now Kingston Towns put his head in front. LA Bijou is coming from a long way back with my Rave on Astro Lynn. Bianco Lady was checked and so was Silver Bounty. Kingston Towns in front. Port Carling's getting through with Noble comment and here's Gurners Lane driving through on the inside. The Kingston's in front but Gurners Lane is going to him. Gurners Lane after Kingston Town. Gurners Lane goes home too well and beats Kingston Town. Noble Comet ran third in the cup, then my Sir Avon Bianco, Lady Wellington Road, LA Bijou.